Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, and howdy again. Here we are, uh, another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. On the other side there is... Uh, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Bunker DeFrance. That's me. And on the horn, we've got Todd Roberts from Hollywood. Howdy, Todd. Howdy, Todd. Man. How Padres. How goes it? Cowpokes, saddle tramps, <laughs> and otherwise known as worse. Indeed. Yeah, we're like the worst part. We, we, are, we are fine. Today's show, Todd, is, uh, I know Bunker never watched Seinfeld, but I know you've watched Seinfeld, and today's show is a Seinfeld program. No, it's not. It's about nothing. But it's actually about something, but it's really about nothing. No, it's not. Yada, yada, yada. I, under, I understand. Yada, <laughs> uh, yada, 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 yada. Um, so I, I think I want to start the show off with the fact that... Um, I was last weekend at the uh, uh, Autry has a uh, Ooh, cool voice. Uh, the um, the uh, uh, their big annual uh, annual Indian marketplace tribal uh-huh. marketplace, uh-huh. and uh, to be an artist, uh, you know, to be an artist and to display your stuff, your art, and sell it, you've got to be um, you have to be of Native heritage. And, um, you know, have a membership to whatever tribe. Mm -hmm. And I saw just more art, more Indian art than I could even imagine. More Mm -hmm. than I could. It was so much I had to walk through it twice. Wow. And uh, it was, uh, it was, it's so funny to me when people say, you know, Harry, you you didn't say it, but when you came into my house, most people come into my house. I look at all the art and everything, and they go, "Oh, why do you live here in Los Angeles? Why don't you live in Wyoming? Or why don't you live in Tucson? Or why don't you live in New Mexico?" Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I choose to live where I live uh, for whatever reason. Um, yeah. uh, this is my business. Is this is where I grew up? This is where my family used to be. All my yeah. friends are here. All my clients are here. Yep. So, you know, I'm not going to move. But, yeah, you got all this art, though. Don't you wish you lived somewhere else? And I always say the same thing, which is, no, I, I like where I live, but I also like all my art. And mm-hmm. uh, the funniest thing is that I walked around there and I thought to myself the same kind of concept, which was, here we are in Los Angeles, the last place you would think to have this much American Indian art and mm-hmm. artist mm-hmm. in one place gathered. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditional fry bread being made, mm-hmm. dances, real authentic traditional Indian dances, and uh, all so on. And some of the greatest artists alive, truly alive. Not, mm-hmm. not obviously not the ones that are gone. Right, right. Uh, I like. Alan Hauser or mm-hmm. Charles Loma or T.C. Cannon or, you know, Fritz Schroeder, like, hmm. you know, artists that are alive today, like Orlin Joe uh, and Eric Capatuia, who's a tremendous Hopi, Katrina uh, Carver, and just on and on and on. Boy, I tell you, it was it was truly like it was like it, it, it was like going to Walmart. <laughs> but full of Indians, all American Indian, all tribes represented. All the way, there was a guy I met, a tremendous artist. He's a carver, and he works with mainly with walrus ivory. Wow. Um, and he was all the way up. He was tinglet all the way up in Alaska. Had come down for the show. Wow. Um, and just a lot of talented, talented people. And, um, you know... Uh, I was thinking of you too because I thought, what a great place to do the show from. Yeah, you know. Well, I know when you, you know, when you uh, took when you took me through the uh, the museum, the the Autry Museum there, and uh, took me shepherded me through, as it were, the uh, art section. I mean, I was amazed, and mm-hmm. I, I think you could tell that I was absolutely amazed. Yeah, uh, at what yeah. I well, was viewing. Co- coincidentally, they have. Uh, the two first main galleries, they, they have an exhibit on, uh, the great artist, uh, who's no longer with us, um, uh, Harry Von Secca, mm-hmm. who, uh, it was just a very funny artist, had a great sense of humor, 
Um, and then another artist who's alive by the name of uh, Robert uh, Earl, and uh, I think is his name, and he's a contemporary artist using vibrant colors. Vonseca, has a real sense of humor as well. Vonseca uh, is the inside is, jokes. Vonseca is the guy that does the um, um, the, uh, the is it the coyote or a wolf? Uh, Vonseca did the coyote. He believed okay. he imagined himself believed himself mm-hmm. to be a coyote, yeah. and uh, the coyote is a um, trickster. You know, is it? it he's a huckster. He's mm-hmm. a trickster, as mm-hmm. uh, uh, our good friend. Uh, uh, would know because of being uh, of the Navajos, but he's also he's a shapeshifter. You know, he can mm-hmm. go into different forms. Yeah. He can take on different forms. I really enjoyed and his so art. On. Yeah, I, I thoroughly uh, enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed his art. You know, I belong yeah, well, to I belong to the Autry a year before it ever opened. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, because of Marty Hale, but you know, sure. this is some this is some next time somebody comes into your house and they go, "Why do you have this art?" And you live out here. Remind them that California was part of the West, and it was that area itself was Western at one time, and very much so because we got some of you uh, Californians come over here, and they try to make Arizona and Tucson, and thank God not New Mexico, but they try to make it look like California. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I, you know, I, I sure hope not. Yeah. I sure hope not. Uh, but you know, he's got a great sense of humor. One of my favorite paintings of his is. Uh, the coyote dressed up in a black tuxedo, and he's playing the piano, and the, and the lid of the piano's up, and out of the piano is coming is fire, red fire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's just got a real sense of humor. Yeah. My parents have a piece of his as well, which my dad used on an album cover for uh, a vocal trio called the Coyote Sisters. Mm-hmm. And the image, the painting is of three coyote females in dresses with you know very bawdy dress mm. in the same dress and a guitar player and that's with the band and uh, so they kept trying to say oh we want this artwork that artwork they could never decide mm. and then finally my dad saw that painting he said that's I figured it. out your cover yep you know this is so appropriate that I just dawned on me today is Native American Day and this is Native American Month and so I think it's wow. very apropos that we're talking about it. That's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, because you know when That's I lived exciting. out there, I used to I used to go to all the powwows they had out there. They had one down in Long Beach and had a great one in oh. Pasadena. I just love yeah. watching. Go, love going uh, to pa- Absolutely, Pasadena, uh, and then you've got Long Beach, mm-hmm. and you've also got uh, the one up. By Ronald Reagan's ranch. Oh yeah, uh, I never got up to that one, but yeah, yeah. I, I just love. To. We and, used to have uh, a great one here in Tucson every New Year's, out at the racetrack, and for some reason they quit doing it. Now they got two small ones that are okay, but they're just there's nothing like the other ones because hmm. they were open air and you know mm-hmm. you had all the vendors and mm-hmm. the ceremonials yep. and the, the dances and it's great. So. Well, I'm getting into an elevator, so if I lose the gentleman, I... Okay. Well, we, we lost a uh, uh, a friend of the show uh, a few days back, uh, Charlie Lesur, and uh, okay. uh, Bunker has some info about him, and uh, it's okay. quite a surprise. I met Charlie. In fact, Bunker introduced me to Charlie at uh, the last uh, High Chaparral reunion, and uh, uh, I mean, what a great guy. Yeah. Well, you know, he pa- he passed away uh, last Tuesday, and he was actually named Arizona's official Western film historian, which is you know quite an honor. Uh, he worked in over 200 commercial TV programs, radio shows, wrote several books, and actually it was Sunday, uh, just Sunday a week ago that he passed. We, have, he, we had him on the show yeah. some time back. I yeah. well, yeah. He was born in Mesa, and he died in Mesa, you know, he was in the young 60s. Uh, some of his credits, and these are, these are just more technical credits here, but... Uh, he did the High Chaparral Reunion uh, TV 
uh, special. No, it wasn't a special. I don't know what it was. They put together to commemorate the 50th year reunion, and he wrote the. He did the writing on that. He did a thing in 2015 called Wanted. He did a C bar, which was another in 2015 and 2017. Did a little part in it. Was producer. Did Mysteries of the Superstition Mountains in 17 when he was the executive producer. He did another one, One Day Only, Big Nose Kate. I was a barkeep. He did parts. The guy acted a lot. As a young man, he was damn good looking. He was a good, yeah. handsome man. Yeah. Which is older. But, I mean, he was leading. He had the leading man looks. It never happened, but it is. And he had several books out, which, Todd, you might be interested well, in. Well, we lost Todd. He Remember, he was going into an elevator, and he seems to eva- have evaporated. We'll, oh, we'll, we have lost him. Him. we'll get him back when he's... Well, we'll tell him about this some other day. Yeah. Any of the books, I'll, I'll mention those. It's probably the big big kahuna called again. Well, no, he was walking into an elevator. Oh, <laughs> I, well, I hope he didn't hurt himself. Well, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, uh, sounds like there should be a joke in there someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for that first step. Okay, here's here's one of the books: "Riding the Hollywood Trail: Tales of the Silver Screen Cowboy." And there's also a second volume of that came out. That was in 2002, and the second volume came out a year or two ago. Uh, the Legends Live On, Interviews with Cowboy Stars of the Silver Screen, uh, The Westerns, Creating the Myth for Film, uh, and, and, and Where Have All the Westerns Gone, Essays on Western Film. And I know he's got more stuff than that. He also did set, uh, not set, uh, location for uh, movie houses too, yeah. or, or production companies, didn't he? Uh, and he hosted the last two years the uh, the Western Film Festival down mm-hmm. in Wilcox, mm-hmm. and was did quite a good job. Uh, it was just I, I got to talk to him, you know, because being there at the reunion, got to talk and visit with him, and of course, what do we talk and visit about? Right, right. Old westerns. <laughs> and Hello. <laughs> I'll tell you, he he. He knew his stuff because, you know, a lot of guys that consider themselves film historians, uh, they're really specialists. They're like, they don't know the 70s or sure. they don't know the yeah. 30s. He knew the he knew the contemporary westerns, the spaghettis. He knew uh, the golden age, you know, uh, from the 30s and mm-hmm. 40s, the, drifting into the television era, mm-hmm. knew the silence, and that to me as a historian is, is when you know that thread of history from uh, Bronco Billy up to uh, Clint Eastwood. And he probably watched them all, uh, or a good portion of them, yeah. before making any uh, well, kind of comment. I'm I sure envy, I envy him. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't envy him his passing, but yeah. and I and I my. Uh, Thoughts go out to the family. I know he had a wife and some kids, and I know they've got to miss him because he was he was a he was a good human being to be around. You sure, know, he enjoyed yeah. his company. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. What did I watch this week? I watched a what bunch did of. You, I watched a bunch watch? of things. I <clears throat> first off, I I I cut the satellite. I cut the cable. I don't do that stuff The umbilical anymore. cord is gone. It, it, it'd be gone. I have uh, my antenna. You mean you don't have Disney Plus? No. <laughs> I have uh, the um, uh, outdoor antenna. Not outdoor. I bought an antenna, f- indoor antenna because f- my outdoor antenna doesn't work with the dam. And the one I gave you. Yeah, and that one's in the bedroom. On, on the bedroom that's the table. wife's antenna. Yeah, that's the wife's antenna. And then uh, the other antenna is in the other room. And uh, so we can get the local stations. And, you know, they, they've got on the H&I, which is a favorite. Uh, yeah. Especially oh. high chaparrales that they run and riflemen and, uh, and whatnot. Yes. You know, the uh, Git channel that went off. Yes. Uh, 42.3. Yeah. It's back on with movies. Yes. It's a, it's yes. a hodgepodge yeah. of movies, but it's back. But uh, instead now, uh, I do all my television internet style streaming. Uh, uh, that's not streaming? Over the streaming. Well, sometimes I scream at the screen. screen. But uh, Amazon uh, Prime, holy mackerel, they have movies that y- you pr- may never have heard of. 
But uh, if you can think of the movie and type it in, you'll probably find it. I do that all the time, and I'll tell you, it's surprising because I'll be like researching an mm-hmm. actor or a movie, and you look in, and I, you know how I am, I, I get sidetracked with all the, the uh, side information, and lo and behold, there'll be. Do you want to watch it? Well, <laughs> yeah, the. Um, <clears throat> I think what we'll do is before I launch into this, we'll we'll take a break first. Okay, let's break. And it. that gives us some opportunity to uh, do some more uh, stuff. So we will be right back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Stay tuned. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do do 777-1911 hello friends this is laura darnell the host of homegrown kc a podcast dedicated to exploring kansas city's fascinating history and sharing stories from its rich past each episode will cover a person place or event from kansas city's history homegrown kc can be found on itunes spotify stitcher pandora google music and anywhere else you listen to podcasts for additional information about the show please visit my website homegrownkc.wordpress.com Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net Back on Amol Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, it's uh, Saturday, the twin, uh, the sixteenth of November for us. That was cool. What was that piece of that music? That piece of music was the theme from Deadwood. Oh, that's cute. I and never yeah. it, I've never seen it. So well, I and it. I, that's one of the things I watched was uh, yeah. I took advantage of a, a free. Uh, seven-day trial with HBO and watched Deadwood and then we watched a couple of other movies and then zoomed it out of there speaking of watch what you watch is you were talking about that famous Mountie Dudley Do-Right I'm going to get to him in just a moment oh okay. Uh, but Deadwood the movie um, for those who ever watched Deadwood the TV show uh, what a great TV show um Someday, it, someday, Eric. it was it was a program that I thought really conveyed the the gritty of the of the time. Uh, people objected to the language that was used because there was there were frequent swear words, like a bunch of sailors on leave. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I think that's the personality of the particular characters. And the the language in, in, in how they presented but, was most excellent because it was, yeah, you had you had your you had your good old boys down there, yeah. but frequently they would tell you to piss off in a way that you would say yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's that's a great point because I remember when it first came out. You know, there's 
there's always traditionalists that think every Western should be like Gene Autry and Roy Rogers, yeah. or it should be like John Wayne. You know, I mean, right, and right. that's fine. You know, that's that's what they like. But you know, they're made for everybody, not just for individuals. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about Deadwood, I thought, was kind of that. They probably didn't cuss like that all the time, no. but they didn't talk like uh, Victorian England all the time either. No. And it's a drama, it's a story, and you compress stuff and you exaggerate to sell your story. It's not otherwise. It's you know. It's it would be dull. You know, just a guy walking across a muddy street. You know, that's it. Yeah. Well, the, the you were talking about the uh, the Mountie and <clears throat> in in cruising through the um, uh, um, Amazon, come across a bunch of bees, bee westerns, and uh, one of them is uh, Sergeant Renfrew, and I gotta find him here. They was there were several different Sergeant Renfrews. Well, Ren, Renfrew and radio of too. the Royal Mounted. Uh, it was this one's a nineteen thirty seven film. Uh, let's see, stars James Newell, Carol Hughes, William Royal, um, directed by Albert Horman, who I believe directed all of the uh, films, and I think there's like six of them. Um, but uh, That was a Canadian it, series, wasn't it? it? it, it apparently it was, yeah. and, uh, well not apparently, it was a Canadian series, and it was, it's a hoot, it was their answer to the Singing Cowboys. You know, because Newell has the same type of uh, song presentations that mm-hmm. Dick Ferran would do. Yeah. All right. Not not the he wasn't a, a Gene Autry. All right. Yeah. He, he was. It was classically He's a trained singer. Yeah, right? classically uh, trained singer. And, and that doesn't mean opera. That just means they were trained. Yeah. yeah. And the 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 music. It's appropriate to the story. So now what I have to do is publicly tell Bunker de France that I was incorrect on Uh my assumption about musicals, Western musicals, because we had gotten into a giant discussion about Oklahoma, and I kind of said, and now I'm watching these 1930s B Western musicals and (laughs) enjoying the hell out of them. And I'm sitting over here gloating. Yeah, you are. You should see his gloating I love it. Well, you you know, that's that's what's so wonderful. And, you know, it, it brings up another point, too. You know, we forget that at the same time Hollywood was dominating the whole world in film, that other countries were making films. In mm-hmm. Canada, being very much like us to the north, we're making some of the same kind of things. They were making westerns and detective things. In fact, it's so funny. Now, two of the things I watched, and I'll be watching them tonight. I watch Murdoch Mysteries, mm-hmm. takes place in Toronto at the turn of the century, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's kind of a Western, and some of the episodes do get a little Western. They had Bat Masterson on one of the episodes, and the other one that I watch is Heartland, which is the most accurate, and in a soapy kind of way, yeah. most accurate modern-day ranch story, because it's about a family, and it's basically family situations, not, you know, the, the criminal mm-hmm, of the week mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. shows, and the uh, the attention to detail on horse life and uh, the problems and the social interactions, it just... I love the show. I really do. It's one of my. Yeah, I put it at the high on the top of my favorite shows, and it's Canadian. Well, the uh, based on an Australian series of books. Well, you know, there's a great Canadian Western series out, The Pinkertons. And, yeah, oh, uh, that was unfortunately, great. Fortunately, that I think it only went two seasons, and I can only find one season of it. Uh, but uh, it's you great. Know, that's another. That brings up another pet peeve of mine. When I started watching Heartland several years back, it ran for about three years, and it was over. And I thought, oh, well, you know, it, it's been canceled, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, last year, it's back. Apparently, it never, they never, this is in like the sixth, seventh, eighth year. <laughs> Apparently, they never stopped making it in Canada. Right. They just stopped showing it here. So who knows? There may yeah. be a, a potload of. Yeah. Oh, oh that, that would be Mr. Roberts, I oh, believe. Oh, it's about time. Uh, let me find where he's at here. There he is. All oh, right. Ringy dingy. Oh, well, we're getting Hi, Todd. 
Ringy dingy. We, he one. is back. Ringy <laughs> dingy number two. <laughs> we're talking. Ringy about, dingy number three. We, we're we're getting kind of dingy with your ringy there, yeah. dingy ringy. We were talking about uh, things that we have been watching on the tube, and I, I ventured out that uh, one of your favorites. I huh? got I got rid of the cable and the satellite, and only do over the air television now, as well as internet streaming television. Well, I, we've got the Amazon Prime thing. And I, I got to tell you, I have found more B westerns on that than I thought ever existed. And one of the ones that uh, we had been enjoying is uh, Renfrew of the Royal Mounted Sergeant Renfrew. Renfrew, F R E W, unless it's pronounced Renfrew. Yeah. Any, in any event, directed by Albert Harmon, um, and it's uh, the film's star James Newell. Yeah, Newell. And it comes from a radio play as well, and uh, uh, I guess some books and whatnot. But uh, what's what I found interesting in this, it's a series, there's like six of them, I think. And, and what is really interesting, one that, that we watched the night before and then the one we watched last night, one of the supporting stars in that uh in those episodes was one Milburn Stone, Doc from uh, Gunsmoke. And you can see he he must have been like about 34, 35 years old when these uh, were were produced. And you can see the beginnings of the character of Doc Adams, the the mannerisms and the the speech patterns and whatnot. Uh, I mean, it's really cool. And then the other one that uh, I saw, oh wait, no, that's a different movie that I'll get to in just a minute. I know. I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, I know. You should see him. You should see him, Todd. He he's got he's got his hands clutched in front of him, and he's like, he's like shaking his hands up and down, and, and he just he's sweating profusely and stuttering, and his mustache is twitching. If I had the the patron saint of cowboy westerns, uh, I'd probably be wringing it in my hands right now. Uh, the other one that I came. You almost sound like you're in church, Harry. I, thank yeah, you. He, well, you know, cowboy church. Yeah. Um, the other one that I came across is um, this guy Tom Keen, and I've oh, seen Tom Keen actor. movies uh, available, just haven't really watched one. But we watched one last night, Western Mail, and I think it was the studio card that got my wife more than uh, the, the plot of the movie. Uh, it's Tom Keen, and the, the studio card shows this babe, uh, and, and she's Western, babe. Western male, but it's M-A-I-L, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Uh, but, ah. yeah, it's a great studio card. Um, Tom Keen, uh, he stars in this uh, Western male. And one of the guys who was in this one was somebody that we're going to be talking about the end of this month in our movie Saturday, and that would be Glenn Strange. Sam. Sam. He and oh, this he plays a good guy in this one. He's a sheriff. And uh, he doesn't have a huge part, but it, it's a part nonetheless. And... Uh, what a it, career. It, no kidding. That's why we're going to talk about uh, uh, Glenn Strange at the end of the month, Todd. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I want to okay. mention something. I look, yeah, I just don't I look know forward it. to it. Okay. I okay. look forward to it. Uh, just to, just this to is go one of the things. Oh, I'm go. sorry. Go ahead, Todd. I can barely hear you. Just to, just to, uh, just to go through the, uh, the theme of nothing uh, that we have. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I can hear you. I turned okay. up. He can hear All you right. now too. So, okay. So to just to keep go on and keeping with the theme of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, nuggets, I, not uh, nothing. Nuggets. I, uh, no. I want. I just drove by uh, indirectly, uh, thinking of nothing. Howard Hawks' film, The Outlaw, mm-hmm. which of course was a groundbreaking western that was built on. Uh, not nothing, but something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically, uh, of course, as we know, Jane Russell's uh, brazier. Yeah, and, that's uh, something. Her, her gifts of God. Well, he <laughs> built the brazier. Yeah, but I just drove by, um, it's funny, I just drove by the house that Howard Hawks crashed into in his plane. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. Yeah. That, there's a funny story. And, uh, there's you know, a funny story behind that, but we that, can't tell. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and so what's so funny, truly, is is that Howard Hawks, you know, the his plane or planes, Hawks are huge. Hawks. planes 
almost killed him. That's not uh, as huge. We know. Oh, you, 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 you Todd, Todd, I think, I think, I think you mean Howard Hughes, not Hawks. I'm sorry, Howard Hughes. Yeah. Uh, yes, Howard Hughes almost killed him um, because of uh, his uh, uh, interest in planes. But at the same time, it's that interest in planes that uh, uh, and all that technology that gave us um, uh, that gave us the brazier. So, you know, uh, uh, we thank him at one stage and then say, we almost lost you on the other stage. And I did, just, you ever, I, did you ever I, notice I, how the spruce goose looks so much like that bra? <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, no, my good friend, I, I always wanted to bunker, and I, to be honest with you, I don't do well doing things alone. So, uh, <laughs> if I don't have to. If I don't have a friend to go with me, things uh, fail, um, which is why, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I always remember uh, there was a great uh, exhibit at the L.A. County Museum of Art by, on John Singer Sargent and his time. Uh, he spent several summers in Italy. He would go over to Italy in the summer and spend the summer there. Then he'd come back and, you know, his bread and butter was doing portraits for the wealthy and the powerful. Um, but his passion in life was to paint um, things that he really cared about. And one of the things he cared about so much was Italy in mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. And he would travel around Italy and Venice and Florence and so on and take pictures, um, uh, uh, you know, paint pictures of that period of time. And um, I ended up going on my own, and it was the very last, last day. <laughs> you would think I would have learned the lesson that, you know what, Todd, <laughs> just go. You'll enjoy yourself. And, you know, it's okay. You're a big boy. Uh, yes. But, mm -hmm. you know, no, I, I've got to have a friend with me. <laughs> so, you know, either uh, one of you have to move out here or I need to get a pet mouse. So, yeah. Get a mongoose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you need a friend or a keeper. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny you say that. It's funny you bring that up, uh, my good friend, because a mongoose would really be great because as many snakes as I know in this town. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. No kidding. God, there's you know, there's a there's a business for Hollywood snake rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and, and well, yeah, and and, and so here, here it happens. Somebody comes uh, up to the door. Uh, who's there? Snake rental. <laughs> it's a director that opens up that, that is there to serve you for the day hey we got to take another break here gents uh, so hang on the line we're going to be back with uh, Bunker to France, Harry Alexander and Todd Roberts and much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages stay tuned When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan where he received a bronze star for heroism and a purple heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service, and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. 
Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. Are you going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie? This is the Voices of the West. back on Emil Franzi's The Voices of the West. Uh, Harry Alexander, Todd Roberts, and uh, Bunker de France. Rider coming. Rider coming. <clears throat> and, uh... Gentlemen. Yes, sir. Hello, hello. Yes, hello. I'm back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are, are yeah. you... you you're, you're not in the elevator any longer, I take it. No, and then, of course, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> as... As, as chance would have it, Murphy's Law, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I get in the elevator, and uh, I'm in the freight elevator because we don't have keys to the new offices, and uh, the freight elevator decides to suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm in the elevator with extremely, two very large uh, guys, mm-hmm. movers, mm-hmm. Uh, the big guy, the, the, the head of the firm, and myself and then way too much furniture. So, okay. um, you know, if you've ever felt like, God, I, I really wish I lived in, like, New York or Tokyo, and then you'd have to take the subway to work, well, I just experienced it. Um, you know, it's not as much fun as you think it is. No, it is not. If, if you were in Tokyo, that elevator would be an office. You know, I, I'll tell you an elevator story. Uh, my wife and I are in an elevator uh, I think we were visiting her mom in Salt Lake City and uh, retirement uh, apartment co- uh, community. And we get in there and the music starts. And uh, I, honest to God, it was Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze in, in the music, music, <laughs> in music form. <laughs> I nearly well, lost it. Now, if you, want, if you really want to get people's attention in the elevator and you've got the buttons, mm-hmm. you know, and they're naming the floors, you, mm-hmm. go, you just go, anybody going sideways? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, well. We're talking. Know, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to be in an elevator with so many people. And, you know, the old story about the guy who, you know, um, is literally face to face with someone else. You know, mm-hmm. and you, you're 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 thinking to yourself, "My God, I sure hope he doesn't have bad breath." <laughs> and, <laughs> or or worse, yeah, right, after right. lunch, yeah, after lunch, and you go, "God, I hope he didn't have garlic." <laughs> um, 
Who <laughs> just think like Billy Barty on the elevator with Clint Eastwood? Oh my God! Oh my God! Hey, we're talking about virtually nothing today. It's a it's a, it's a show about we call it nuggets, uh, and it, and what what is it? It can be whatever. Uh, it's whatever generally yeah, whatever strikes your fancy. It's uh, you know we try and keep it in the Western vein, of course. And if you'd like to uh, throw in a nugget or two, it's pretty simple. All you just post it on our Facebook page. It's uh, Facebook.com slash Voices of the West and uh, post a, post whatever you'd like. Well, we're looking for reason. content. Yeah, we're, whatever that is. We'll we'll be happy to share your content as long as it's content, uh, somewhat clean. <laughs> well, I've got a nugget for you. All righty then. All right, I'm ready for. I am ready. For Bunker's Nugget. There we go. Okay, this is the way we this is the way we work. We got echoes going on here now. Yeah, Todd, uh, somewhere you're, I think it's your, you who are is he listening to us? Echoing back. It's his his telephone. Uh, anyhow, this is and you know, Todd, you might want to jump in on this when I'm done. Uh, uh, a great director of westerns, Leslie Sealander, uh, American of uh, western and adventure movies. Uh, he directed 127 feature films, dozens of TV episodes from 36 to 68. He started as an assistant director on films like The Cat and the Fiddle in 1934. But maybe Todd might have an idea or a story or two about Mr. Sealander. Well, are we talking Leslie Salander? Yeah. So he directed, um, he's my, you know, I, you know, uh, we've talked about this before. Um, and how much I love uh, Hoblon Cassidy. Well, he, he's, he directed probably all my favorite Cassidy films, right. not the TV shows, but he directed many of Hoblon Cassidy films. Um, Back in the day, when yeah. they were when they were making films before him converting to television, there's um, a king of long time. The TV show as well. Um, I really enjoy those films by Leslie Salander. That's and enough. after after Salander, it was uh, George Archambald. Uh, Archambald, Arch, Archibald, yeah. Archibald. That was the uh, yeah. he was the yeah. next director of the uh, Hoppy films, and uh, you could tell that styles, the different styles of directing. I mean, Sealanders were, I think, a lot more action oriented. Uh, maybe that was because of the second assistant or the assistant director. I don't know, but uh, I think there was a lot more probably the selection of scripts for that particular director too, oh yeah. todd i gotta tell you i have now seen the entire catalog of all 66 hopalong cassidy movies there should be a medallion for that I, there ought to be yeah. so now are you talking the ones that were in the theaters or does this include the television shows as well well i've seen all the tv episodes also uh from 51 to from 50 to 52 and with uh, the the first ones that they cut up uh, episodes of uh, California and Lucky and then the second season with um, um, what's his name Edgar uh, Buchanan, Edgar Buchanan. Yeah. and so I've seen all of those and I have seen all 66 of the movies that were produced uh, uh, you know what your next challenge is? Mm. To see, to listen to all the Hoppy radio programs. I've done that too. Oh, okay. Well, now what about the non uh, non Hoppy westerns that Bill Boyd did? I've seen one, and he uh, wore a cowboy hat in that. Mm -hmm. Also, I don't remember the title of it, uh, but those, those are a little bit harder to find. Yes, they are. But uh, I think that you know, I'm, I'm very happy. Hoppy is my all time favorite uh, western guy. Uh, you know, for 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 what Hoppy is, all right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's plenty of other Western people Hoppy, out there. Hoppy's at the top of the list of great Westerns, I as far so. as I'm concerned. I, they're entertaining. They're more and, than that. They're good. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, uh, I would say to you both, and I think we talked about this. That, you know, I feel the same way about him. Um, he's to me, I, I like him out of all the serials, out of the big Westerns. To me, he's the best. Uh, no offense to Gene and Roy. No. Um, you know, as a kid, I loved Roy because that's who I got to see. Yeah. And yeah, I got to see Gene because he was on a little bit, too. But I used to actively watch Roy's show. And my mother 
bought me that horse, you know, um, that on the, it was, it had a base on it that was four legs, but they were all connected. <laughs> they were really two big U-shaped legs. Hmm. And um, they had springs on them, and you attached the horse to it. Ah. And, and there was a spring at the end of each leg, which was connected to those uh, front and back mm-hmm. uh, U-shaped uh, brace, braces, which were on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it, the box referred, said... You know, now you can ride with Roy. <laughs> nice. And my mother used to sit me in front of the television uh, nice. in my diaper nice. on, on trigger. Oh, and I would ride with Roy every afternoon. You know, did and you ever get uh, shot off your horse? I was I was done. That, <laughs> that, I, there was, I'm done. I, there was no chance for me to have any other life <laughs> other than cowboys this that sealed it it was cemented you know my dad used to say you know because he made money walsh and he took us all to tucson and or that they collected art you know western art and so on and so forth or or i went to school in northern arizona and but it was all a foregone conclusion these are all afterthoughts mm. nothing compared to the to the impact that riding with Roy had on me every day. Your diapers uh, and Roy, and I can just see that. Do you, do you, know, yeah. you get nostalgic every once in a while and, and pull out a pair of nappies and run it <laughs> old Roy? Well, you know, uh, it's funny you say that, Bunker, because on Saturday mornings, uh, my tradition now is uh, I drink my coffee with, well, while on the, and on the Western Channel they play... From 8 o'clock to about 11 o'clock, they play nothing but uh, Hopalong Cassidy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, my taste have changed a little, and I've progressed, but I'm basically still the same fella. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> know, um, I, I probably can get in a lot more trouble than I used to, um, <laughs> but that's, you know... The, that's a different story, and we won't go into that over the air. This is a family show. Um, but, I, you know, I love those days, and I think back on them really fondly. And to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I remember Lee Marvin said, you know, they were talking about, he, he said I re- that he, that he uh, could remember, you know, being uh, to him in his mind. He, he, he said he remembered being in the womb his mother's mm-hmm. womb before he was born mm-hmm. and and then he said and then and my mom said well what happened then and he said then i was born mm-hmm. and she said well what happened then do you remember that and he goes all i can remember is that my entire life i've been trying to get back to the womb <laughs> so, yeah that's good because it's the safest place there is so you got that right. um, <laughs> you know right so uh, let's just wipe I, all my I, thoughts out of my mind <laughs> Well, and on that note, then, we're going to take our final commercial break here uh, on Emil Franzi's The Voices of the West. It's a show today about nuggets. Uh, nothing, show nothing, about nothing. Nothing but nuggets. Nothing but nuggets. There you go. And, uh, well, that sounds like an ad for a Chick-fil-A. I, it but does, we'll talk it? about that later. Indeed. Okay. Uh, so with that, we will be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West here on a Saturday right after these very important messages. Do not, I repeat, do not go away. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, pipe stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army. 
a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Old Western Radio Theatre every Saturday at 6pm Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West VOW Radio Slap bass there. Yeah, that's cool. Here on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. I just love that old stuff. That's uh, Ray Whitley. Uh, it's uh, the, I don't know the title of it, but it's a, a tune from the movie California or Bust. And we're trying to bust California. Well, I reckon they yeah. get there. But uh, you know these these old movie these old old music guys. Ray Whitley. Um, my God, you know they, they are just. They couldn't have made them without them. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just how that is. Well, we got another nugget about nothing here. All right. And this one is really a nugget about nothing. Fire away. Douglas Rupert Dumbrell, better known as Douglas Dumbrell, is a Canadian actor, one of the first Canadian actors to come down to Hollywood, which kind of falls in with uh, mm-hmm. Dudley Do right there. Mm-hmm. And But this is the nugget about nothing. His agent in 1951 was a gentleman named Antrim Short. Isn't that not fascinating? Antrim Short. Antrim Short. Antrim Short. Yes. Like uh, like William Bonney's yes. uh, name of his stepfather, William Antrim. Or like Morris Antrim, the old character actor who started out with a whole different name for about the first five, ten years of his career. Hmm. I always wondered where wow. where he picked that where he, where he, where he picked Antrim was that any connection to Billy the Kid? <laughs> because no no he was doing westerns and he changed his name and he he was he was well known he was he's working all the time under his other name. Well tonight we have a bunch of bees on tap to watch and I don't even ask the titles because I can't remember them. But there is one movie that I'm hoping that we get to, to view tonight. If not, it, it'll be there. Um, and the title escapes me, but it's uh, James Garner and um, Bruce Willis. Uh, it's the uh, one of oh, them plays. Called, uh, it's uh, he plays Wire. Yeah, Tom Mix. Tom Mix. Yeah, and uh, it's a murder mystery in Hollywood. Yeah, I, and I've, Malcolm I've seen... McDowell plays the studio head, who is a psychopathic, psychotic murderer, sadist, and his his character is. Loosely based, you know, on the face of value of it, of kind of a Charlie Chaplin, mm-hmm. who who was, you know, famous as the Tramp. I think he has another name in this one. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, his nickname, and he retires and becomes a studio head, mm-hmm. and um, he then goes on to uh, um, um, uh, become the studio head who. Has a lot of uh, psychological issues. Uh, is it uh, before? It's not before sunset. It's not after midnight. It's um, sunset. Yeah, something something sunset. I caught part of it one time, and uh, I enjoyed never, it. Never got to see the whole thing, and then came across it and popped it on the watch list. So uh, that that's yeah. It there. I thought Bruce Willis's take on mix was interesting. I didn't. Uh, I didn't identify him as Mix that mm-hmm. much, other though I knew it was, because he was, you know, Mix had that throat problem, and mm-hmm. so he, he was, he, and he being the cowboy, he wasn't a, he was a yup and nope man kind mm-hmm. of guy, uh, and he, and in real life, I don't see him as being as flipped as Rulis was, but Garner was great as Wyatt Earp. The, you know, it, and Garner, I saw, we saw Garner in another uh, feature um, uh, it was basically the life and times of uh, Mark Twain 
where it, in his it's a two-parter, and Twain goes off. This is before he becomes the, the Samuel writer. Samuel Clemens. Yeah, he's and uh, he's still Sam Clemens, and he goes off on his adventures, uh, and you see him off on in the gold fields. Mm-hmm. And I remember a Death Valley Days episode uh, with that um, theme as well. Uh, it was Mark Twain, and uh, basically what he's he's recalling what he has done. He is speaking to his daughter's uh, graduation, graduating class, and uh, she's all worried that he's going to tell jokes and put everybody off. One of the (laughs) other girls bets the daughter that uh, she'll be out of there in the first 10 minutes, and and it turns out that when they keep cutting back to this girl, her her look is just like she's mesmerized by what uh, he's saying. And and it it is a very, very good movie, I thought. And of course, Dead Man's Gun, we we watch a lot of that, too. That's a great series. That's a Canadian series. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. Most excellent. I think that, that film is called Into the Sunset. There you go. Yeah. You know, that's funny. They did that one, and at the same time, there was a couple other novels came out that were the same type of things of Hollywood actors, Western actors, cowboy actors getting involved. One of them has them going down to Mexico and joining Pancho Villa. Mm-hmm. And I think it was based on Raoul Walsh, but... That's a that's an interesting genre that's never really been, I think, fully developed. Which is, I love that I love that crossover period of the early silent era, you know, with the you know, uh, the Nickelodeon movie was great. Well, another one that I I caught Todd and, and uh, you'll love this one. I think um, happened to catch a movie called Tumbleweeds. Oh. And You're talking uh, about the William S. William S. Hart movie. Oh God! Yeah, tumbling tumbleweeds. Wow! No tumbling, just tumbleweeds. What a movie! Tumbleweeds. Yeah, I think it's his last film. I think no, it no, shot. it was it was it was uh, probably about four or five years before that. But it was pretty much, I think, in some ways, the pinnacle of his of his westerns. Yeah, because um, he plays a uh, he plays a, a former. Uh, a, a former bank, a former highwayman. Yes, yeah. and he changes his, you know, he changes his spots, and he goes to, you know, st- a good turns, woman. He turns to an honest life. Yeah. A good woman always turns a bad man into a good mm-hmm. man. It's a great premise because her the girl's brother is a preacher, mm-hmm. and the town corrupts him, and he's, he ends up, you know, a, a sodden drunk in the saloon <laughs> and, and everything, and it just, it, and uh, of course, Hart by this time has had a had a conversion of Hart, and something, I can't remember exactly what happened, I think maybe the brother is killed or something, and the girl is distraught, he burns the town down. Mm-hmm. I, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Tumbleweeds. It's a good style to start with if you want to start with yeah, silence. Yeah, and and Hart does an open, uh, an audio opening. That's the way, that's when it was released yeah. and when sound came yeah. back in. And I mean, it ju- just a, a great, great movie. Oh, speaking of Hart, in this issue of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, Western clippings, there's some uh, little clippings from newspapers from that period and this is like about 10 years after he retired and apparently Hart had been in negotiations to do a picture and uh, he had everything you know they were going okay we're going to do it they gave, and they went to the studio and the studio said yeah, he's too old he's, old he's washed up we don't want it we don't want him and I think it kind of broke his heart but because it was like you know, the, the headline says, uh, Hart's uh, comeback denied or something like yeah. that. Well, our comeback has been denied as well because it's time to go. Next time we get together, uh, we will be talking with uh, Western Writers of America author Bill Markley about his latest tome, Outlaws of the Legendary West. He compares Billy the Kid and Jesse James. And by the way, next Saturday, the 23rd, happens to be uh, Billy the Kid's birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Bill. Mr. DeFrance tells me, and he's from that country, so he knows. And uh, the following week, uh, it'll be Movie Saturday. We'll be talking about uh, the life and career of uh, actor Glenn Strange. You know him as Sam the Bartender. Or Frankenstein. The Gunsmoke. Hey, he was also Frankenstein, too, yeah. So, 
that's what's coming up uh, next time uh, in the coming weeks here that uh, we've got on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. So, Todd, thank you so much for being thank with you, us this amigo. afternoon. Appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me, uh, yeah. as always. Uh, and be careful of that elevator. All righty. Oh, thank you, Bunker. You bet. All right. And that, we'll talk at you again, Todd. Thank you so much. And that's it for us. And on that note, we say... 78, 79, 80. So long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.